Welcome to Conscious Business, where entrepreneurs learn to master their mindset, conquer their fear, and step into their bigger game. Now, here's your host, Julie Zuzak. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Business. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. We are celebrating International Women's Day this week, and I have two important questions for you. First, I want to know what you're doing to celebrate. And second, I want to know what role are you playing towards gender balance? And I'll explain later on what I mean by role. But before I go any further, I want to dedicate this episode to all the strong, powerful women out there and to all of you men who regularly support us and fight for us. This episode is for everyone who believes in gender equality, and I know we'll live in a better world when we achieve it. So, my listeners who are male, please keep listening. This is not just an episode for the ladies. There's something in here for you, too. So please stick around. It's important to say up front that you may not agree with everything that I have to say in this episode. This is definitely my perspective and what I feel I want to say about the role that I am taking. And I don't expect you to agree with everything. That's okay. But I do ask that you respect it. Just like I will respect what you believe. I will respect what actions and roles you choose to take as well. Now, there's a few things recently that have sparked this episode and have International Women's Day on the brain because it happens every year. But this year, I don't know if you agree or not, is different. It feels like what we've kind of been talking about is actually bubbling up to the surface this year. And one of the things that I keep hearing is that this is the year of the woman. Now, I'm not sure if that's official or unofficial, and maybe it's sparked from Oprah's acceptance speech. I'm not sure, but it's definitely on the brain for me. So I wanted to focus this entire episode to talking about gender balance in business and also give you some practical tips and tools of what you can do to help achieve this. And I didn't want this episode to just be from a woman's perspective. I also wanted to include men in this discussion and not just for the purpose of being the ones we point a finger at, not just for blaming, no. I want to talk about the powerful role that men play in promoting and empowering women and also the impact that we have to build them up. So since the explosion of the Me Too movement last year, I feel like we blew the lid off a topic that has just been brewing for a very long time. And I think this is a good thing. And I also think that we all have a role to play in what is unfolding around us. My question is, what role are you choosing to play? What are you conscious about? So without further ado, get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? So recently, I had a conversation with a client who is a very senior female in a very male-dominated industry. And as we reflected on how much has changed for women in business over the years, She recounted that when she first started out in business, 
She only had two options as a woman. You could either play the role of the shrinking violet, or you could play the role of the overly aggressive female that everybody was terrified of and nobody really liked. Those, those were your two choices. That was it. You could be the woman that everybody was scared of and terrified by, or you could be the woman that sat in the corner and never really said anything and didn't really have any impact. Now, I know for some of you, especially those of you listening who are younger, my good millennial friends, this might be really hard for you to comprehend. But trust me, and sadly, it's true. And maybe not in all industries, but definitely in male-dominated industries. You could show up as a woman, but there was fine print. You had to show up in a very specific way, either at one end of the spectrum or way over at the other. Being a powerful woman who was liked was not an option. Being a strong woman that people respected and admired, nope, not an option. Being a woman that relied on powerful female leadership gifts like intuition and communication and relationship building, nope, not an option. You could be at one end of the spectrum, shy and barely noticed, or if you wanted to get anything done, you had to wear the label, the brazen label of B with an itch on it, at the other end of the spectrum where nobody liked you. And I've shared my personal experience on the podcast before about how when I first started out in my career, I had this role, this persona of tough Julie. And I never let any emotion show and I acted like a man and I was tough and I was strong. And you know what? People were scared of me. And it's not necessarily something I'm proud of, but this is based on the advice that I was given. Because just like my client recounted, things were really different in business 20, 30 years ago. And I received really specific advice from female mentors that if I wanted to succeed, then I had to be tough and strong and never, ever, 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 ever in any circumstance ever show emotion. Never admit that I didn't know how to do something. And unfortunately, this advice shaped me. I listened to it and that's how I showed up. So it is fair to say that we have come a long way in business. And yes, there is still more work to do. I get it. But I do want to acknowledge the progress that we have made. Things are shifting. You know, in Canada, we even have a prime minister who is a feminist. And we are doing things to shift things at the policy level. And I see a lot of work, great work going into encouraging girls to pursue STEM professions, right, which is incredible. And these are all significant changes, kind of like pebbles that are thrown into the water. They have a ripple effect. But every once in a while, instead of a pebble, a massive boulder is thrown into the water. Enter the Me Too movement. Bam. Now, this isn't a ripple effect. It is more like a tsunami, and it will not be forgotten anytime soon. Change is real this time. It's deep this time. Women have had it, and the dynamic is shifting. 
Now, I had goosebumps listening to Oprah's acceptance speech at the Golden Globes. There is now a public stage and permission given to women to be able to tell their stories. The power has shifted. The fear has shifted. And it's time for each and every one of us to decide what role do we want to play in this shift? So here's what I mean by roles. I feel like the courageous stories that have been told and the women that have come forward to tell them is so incredibly important. And I know that there's so many more stories to tell. And I know that this is important for educating and raising awareness. And unfortunately, I also do have lots of stories that I could tell. And they are equally shocking and disturbing and likely make your jaw drop. They would elicit shock and outrage. And whenever I had this urge to chime in and start to tell my stories last year as I saw everything unfold, I, I just couldn't do it. I started to write a few posts. I, I tried to put them on social media, but somehow it just didn't feel right. And this is kind of hard to explain because it's not like I'm a ashamed to share my past. I, you know, you know me, I tell my most embarrassing moments on this podcast, deep, deep stories. So it's not that I was scared to tell my story. I think it's because I'm in a different mindset now. And my role isn't to educate people about the problem. I feel like there's enough people out there doing that. And they're doing a great job at it. And I feel like we have attention. Now, I feel like my role is different. I feel like my role today is to empower others to take action towards the solution, to find an answer to the problem, to encourage the people to step up and take action who are kind of sitting by the sidelines and feeling like, yeah, this is wrong. We should do something about it, but I don't know what to do. Now, in this series of conversations that I've had over the last couple months preparing for this episode, conversations with my male friends, male relatives, male clients, I asked consistently, what are you doing? And so many of them didn't know what to do. They wanted to do something, but they didn't know how. And I want to be crystal clear. For those of you who have shared your stories, I thank you. I applaud you and I respect you. And for those of you who are still about to share stories in the future, I applaud and I respect you and I send you courage that you might need to share your story and say what you need to say. And we all have a role to play in the unfolding of this massive shift in our culture. And I know right now that my role isn't one of storyteller. It was in the past, but that doesn't feel right for me anymore. I want my role to change the behavior and to be about empowering people to do things differently. Specifically, I want to empower men and women to do things differently. I want to educate and teach people who want to be educated. 
I want to focus on solutions and I want to help people do things differently because I feel like we are well aware of the problem. I want to focus on the solution. You see, in my mind, I group people into one of four different categories. And they really kind of map to the four stages of competence. Or you might have seen this model before. It's also called the hierarchy of competence. So bear with me as I explain my way through this. And as you're listening, you might want to follow along and visually think of what this will look like vertically. So four boxes, top to bottom. We're going to start at the very bottom with a category of unconscious incompetence. This is an individual that doesn't know how to do something and they also don't even recognize why it's important to know how to do it. Now, I liken this to the individuals out there who don't even acknowledge that there is a problem with gender equality. They might downplay it, they might slough it off or laugh it off. And this category would likely include the men who are sexist and likely who are contributing to the problem. The next category or box above that is conscious incompetence. In this category, individuals do not know how to do something, but the difference here is that they do actually recognize and acknowledge that they don't know how to do something and it's worthwhile knowing. I map this to the group of people who, and I see this a lot, who very clearly do recognize that there is gender inequality, but they have no idea how to fix it. They have no idea what they could be doing. And this is important because quite often we look to everyone else around us and think, well, things are changing. I don't have to do anything personally. But here's the thing. Even day-to-day conversations and the way that you interact with women in meetings, the way that you empower females around you, this has a huge effect. So don't wait for the change to happen with everything else and everyone else around you. Start with the change inside of you. Okay. Third, the next one up is conscious competence. This is where an individual actually does know how to do something. However, demonstrating the skill requires a lot of focus and concentration. It doesn't happen to them naturally. There's conscious involvement in performing the skill and actually mastering the skill. And I apply this category to the men who specifically do take action and do encourage and support women and promote equality, but it doesn't necessarily happen naturally. They have to be focused on it to make it happen. There's conscious effort towards supporting women. Okay. And lastly, number four, the destination that we all want everyone to achieve is unconscious competence. Now, this is where the individual has so much practice with a skill that it has become second nature and it can be performed easily. It can be done while performing any other task and they're so skilled at it, they can actually teach it to others. Now this, this is the stage that we are all working towards where there is no longer gender bias or inequality. So for me, I don't give any of my attention to the first or the fourth category. I wanna focus my attention on the second and the third. Because this is where education needs to happen. This is where I know that I am meant to help people. 
And this leads me to this recent experiment. I have had a lot of very candid conversations recently with male friends, with male clients about gender balance just to get their thoughts and their perspectives. And their thoughts just might surprise you. Okay, after this series of conversations I've had over the last couple months, here are a few things that have become very, very obvious to me. And I believe that if we want to find a place of gender balance, we need to not just request men to step up to see things from our perspective. We need to find a place to meet them halfway. And what I've done is I've taken this wisdom and I've packaged it up into, you know I love to teach, four practical tips, four key things that you can do. And I think you're going to find them interesting. All right. So the first two tips that I'm going to share are actually specifically directed to men. What I found after having so many conversations is that there really is a lot of education that needs to happen. It's sad, it's true, but there are still a lot of men who truly do not understand what women struggle with. And a great point of entry and something that I like to do is to encourage everyone, but specifically men, to also read Lean In, Sheryl Sandberg's book. Because I think that book is it's a few years old now, but it does such a great job of really making a case for why we need to focus on this. It shows metrics and facts and stats. It's data that will help people to understand what it's like to navigate the business world as a female. And it also gives really great tips. So number one, the first tip I want to give is something that... I think we all need to remember, and I am directing it towards men, but it goes to everybody. It is to encourage women regularly. Now, it has been proven time and time again in studies that men naturally are more self-confident than women are. And while this is sad, and I'm certainly doing what I can to, to change things, the reality is that men are more confident and more empowered to step up. So the tip for men everywhere is to encourage and support women to step up more, to put themselves forward more. And doing this is important to be in an encouraging and a supportive way, never in a shaming or a condescending way. There's a subtle difference between the two, and I hope you know the difference. Okay, here's, an, here's a little example. So I remember being on a webinar years ago. It was a webinar with John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire and Andrew Werner from Mixergy. Now, both are very, very famous. And for some reason during this webinar, I think they wanted to stray from their content. And I think it was more Andrew than anything. He was in this certain mood. And so he had this idea that rather than just the two of them talking, he wanted to, on the fly, start to invite some of the participants, some of us on the webinar, to join on camera and be part of the discussion. And so they did that. And instantly, right away, a bunch of men accepted and they joined in. So they had about, I don't know, five or seven men on the chat. And then there was a moment when JLD said, hey, 
where are my ladies at? Come on, ladies, we want to hear from you too. And it was a perfect moment because he called it out before I even noticed. And I was in that moment kicking myself because I was having a total work from home day, my hair up in a bun, no makeup on, and not like cute no makeup day, but like not a leave home makeup day. And so I didn't chime in and I kicked myself for that moment. And now whenever I attend a webinar, I do always make sure that I'm camera ready just in case. You never know what opportunities are going to come up for you. But here's the deal. It was a moment that was so perfect. And he made that invitation in a really inviting and supportive way. It was really, really impressive to me. It's a moment that's stuck in my head that I will never forget. He recognized it, he called it out, and he invited women to participate in a very supportive and encouraging way. And they did, which was awesome. So this is tip number one. Support and encourage women in an authentic and sincere way. Now, The second tip that I want to share is to create a structure where you encourage gender balance. This way, you don't even have to think twice about it. It will just naturally happen. And what I mean by structure is a process in how you do something or what you deliver that will always encourage gender balance. So for example, if this was an interview-based podcast, I could always make sure that I alternate between interviewing a man one week and a woman the next week, and then go back and forth. Another structure that I love to use when I'm doing in-person talks or workshops is to alternate between question and answers that come from men and from women, and encourage this as a structure, again, in a supportive way not shaming women, but just saying, you know what, I'd love to have a good balance here of questions coming in. And so let's alternate between women asking a question and then men asking a question. All right. Now, those are the first two tips. The second two tips are dedicated for the women. A simple yet really important one is to not make gaping generalizations back about men. All right. Now, we have to remember the lens of this. We have to remember that we treat others in a way that we want to be treated. And this is why I love Oprah's acceptance speech at the Golden Globes. She said that it's here with every single woman who chooses to say me too and every single man who chooses to listen. Remember, men aren't the problem. It's not all men. It's some men, select men. And so we can't make gaping generalizations about all men. It's not going to help. Okay. So tip number one, I found the easiest way to access this discussion around gender balance is to focus on our mutual goal of finding connection versus separation. A mutual goal of wanting to find a solution of educating. So for me, this isn't just about talking about it from a female perspective or about equality for females. This is about referencing gender balance. And while the injustices that are felt by men might not be as severe as they are for women, there are still certain industries and stereotypes that are unfair to men too. You know, Sheryl Sandberg does a great job of this in Lean In, and she talks about specific scenarios where men are meant to be uncomfortable 
in their role as stay-at-home dads because, you know, attending groups with their kids are labeled mommy and me groups, right? There isn't a space for inclusion for men. For me, I want to keep an open mind. I want to ask lots of questions. I know that I've witnessed gender bias in myself. I've seen this over the years, and I hate to confess it, but it's true. And specifically in teaching yoga, I see that I always gravitate to demo posture with women. I never choose a man to do that. And then also in workshops that I have taught in person, I always give extra accolades to men when they choose to be vulnerable in a moment. And yet I look to women and I just expect that they naturally are able to be vulnerable. And that's not fair for me to have that expectation either. So I hate realizing that I do this, but I have done it in the past. So we all have to take a good, hard look at ourselves and see if there's anything that we can do to improve. Remember, this isn't about just pointing the finger at everybody else. It's about saying, okay, what is it that I am willing to take responsibility for? Here's another example. A lot of women make assumptions that it's okay for men to be objectified by women. And I see this happen in a lot of all-female groups and gatherings. Women just assume that men are flattered when they receive sexual attention by women. And this is not the case. You would be surprised at how many men are uncomfortable with this. Seriously. I was at a women's networking event a little while ago and one of the presenters pointed out that our mail server was single and handing out his number in case anybody was interested. Really? You know, I know this wasn't likely any harm intended by her. I get it. But you know, with this type of comment, this would never be acceptable if we had a man saying this about a woman. So we have to hold space that is equally unacceptable for women to say this about a man. And I recognize, I respect that some men may enjoy being objectified by women. That's cool, but it doesn't give us permission to do this because it's not right. We should treat everyone else the same way that we want to be treated by them. All right? And this leads me to my last tip, which is to have the conversation. You know, I have been blown away at just how many people, how many male friends and clients do not truly understand what it's like to be a woman in business. Sure, they hear everything going on and they understand those extreme examples, but they do not have any idea of what it's really like for a woman in business, of what we really have had to deal with. So have conversations, educate them and let them know that it is real and not just educate them about what it's like, but also give them practical tips of what they could do to make a difference. This is necessary and this is so needed. So this last tip is start the conversation and don't just do all the talking, ask questions and do a lot of listening. All right, I'm going to start wrapping up now, and I hope that you spend this week thinking about what role you want to play in this big shift that is happening around us. 
There is no right or wrong, but I do want you to be conscious about what you choose to do and how you do it. In the past, being a woman in business meant something different. It meant that you had to play by a different set of rules. You had to shut off your feminine leadership qualities. But what I've realized is that now, more than ever, women are being appreciated for what we innately bring to business and to the workplace. And as businesses are struggling with obscenely high levels of employee disengagement and lack of communication and stress rates that are off the charts, do you know what the antidote to most of those things are? They are female gifts of leadership. And I don't mean traits that women hold exclusively. I mean leadership skills that are innately considered female. Things like great communication, empathy, vulnerability, relationships, safety, trust. These are basic skills of leadership. We have been told that these things don't have a place at work. But now we're finally understanding that they do have a place. And in fact, they are needed now more than ever. And these female gifts, they're not just exclusively for women. They can be equally and also powerfully held by men. And for me, it's beautiful to see that my 20 plus years in business, wow, how times have changed. To have started out by being told that I couldn't act like a woman, that the only way that I could succeed was to act like a man and not show emotion. And then fast forward to today, where I realize that my success as a coach, my most sought after skills, are my ability to teach empathy, to build trust, and to provide safety. These female gifts are not just quickly becoming the norm, but they are becoming the highly sought after skills. And for this, I am not only proud to be a woman in business, but I am grateful to be a teacher. I am happy to strive for greater balance for us all. And I believe that in life, we all need balance. We need a yin and a yang. We need a Shiva and a Shakti. We need destruction to have creation. We need expanding and contracting. We need masculine and we need feminine because the ultimate and perfect balance in life, it isn't with a man or with a woman, or whatever you choose to identify as your orientation. The perfect balance in life is in accessing both divine masculine and divine feminine within yourself. It's about growing the parts of yourself and your leadership that don't necessarily come naturally to you. Because this is how you grow and learn and this is truly how you become powerful thanks for hanging out with the corporate yogi remember being an entrepreneur can be intense and isolating at times don't do it alone become part of julie's facebook group called conscious business and if you're really serious about growing your biz visit the corporate and book a free strategy session with julie today